Hey everyone, I'm John Steele, and this is After Four, a podcast for InterVarsity alumni. Life after college is hard, and even a great experience with your InterVarsity chapter doesn't shield you from the challenges of transition. As we hear stories from real alumni learning how to make it in their post-InterVarsity reality, my hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. We are back. It's John Steele and After Four with another episode all ready to go for you. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. It is great to have you. Hey, this week we continue on with our series, How to Be the Post-College Goat, with a conversation about being the best new employee on the block. But before we get into the episode, I wanted to share a short reminder that this is an Urbana Year alumni and we would love to see you there. You're going to hear more about this on the podcast over the coming months, but let me just give you the abbreviated details for now. You can join us this December 28th through the 31st in Indianapolis for an opportunity to discover how God is calling you to use your gifts and passions in his global mission post-college. You can visit Urbana.org to sign up for the Urbana Insider Community, where you'll learn about conference updates and discounts. But let me give you the inside track on some alumni discounts right now. If you're an alum who graduated between 2019 and 2022, you can use the discount code BEST to get $250 off your registration. That's pretty fantastic. And if you're an alum from before 2019, don't worry, we got you too. You can use the code US22ALUMNI for a $100 discount. You can find both of those in our show notes to use in your registration. Make sure you jump on that as soon as possible because there's only a thousand of them and they expire on November 30th. So act now to get the best price possible and enjoy Urbana 22, a space for whole life and whole world discipleship. I look forward to seeing you there. Okay, this week we are continuing on with our series, How to Be the Post-College Goat. We're dropping all kinds of knowledge about some top skills to have in your back pocket as you come out of graduation. If you're a new grad listening in and haven't done it yet, make sure you go back and give the first three episodes of this series a listen. We talked about leveling up your 20s, finding the right church, and nailing the interview for your first career-focused job right out of college. As you're listening, let me just say that I would love to hear from you. If you're finding these episodes helpful, or if you have stories of your own that you want to share about this time frame, or if you've seen all the blunders I've been making on Instagram that you'd like to roast me for, take 90 seconds to jump onto SpeakPipe and leave me a voice message. I want to hear from you, and if your story is heartwarming enough or your roast's funny enough, you just might get to hear your message on the air. You can find the link in our show notes, or you can just visit speakpipe.com slash after four pod. All right, let's get this new episode rolling. Today, we're joined by Kathy Brennan, a business owner and friend here in Mankato, Minnesota. And Kathy is going to share some top secret information about the qualities that make for a rock star employee. So if you want to impress your boss and thrive at work, you're going to want to take these things to heart. So turn up your ears and enjoy my conversation with Kathy. This one's for you, alumni. Hi, Kathy. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I I appreciate it. Oh, I'm so pleased to have you on today. This is going to be a great conversation. Kathy, you and I share some interesting history together here. I'm sure we'll get into that along the way, but just give us a little introduction. Tell us a bit about yourself. 
Okay, sure. My name is Kathy Brennan. I am a business owner. I'm a writer. I'm a blogger. I'm a faith-filled person. And I am a depression survivor. That's a big piece of who I am. Today, we're here to talk about the business owner part of me, but I'm also an athlete and I love to be active. And so there's just all kinds of parts to every employer. Again, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. Last week, we had someone on the podcast that I think you know, employee extraordinaire, HR, wonderkins, (laughs) the one and only Caitlin Steele. The one and only. Caitlin helped walk us through pre-employment. What does it look like to get a good resume put together to fill out an application like you actually know what you're talking about? And what does it look like to step into an interview prepared and ready to get that job? So my hope for our conversation today, Kathy, is that you can take us to the next phase of that. And I'll give this little caveat. Alumni who are listening, my guess is that most of them have had a job for like okay, I need this so that I can get groceries and pay my tuition, as opposed to I want to set up my career trajectory based on this job. And so that's kind of the mindset that I'm inviting you and me into, you you and I, I'm inviting us into. <laughs> so then let's start off within that mindset. And I know that, you know, lots of different types of jobs and fields of work. So we need to speak a little bit generally, but in your experience as an employer, as an owner, what are some of the qualities that you look for and that you want to see in an employee after the interview? So first of all, just fitting in, fitting in and not losing your identity, observing what's going on in this new culture that you're entering into. It's like stepping into a new family, although work is not family. I will make that clear. But it's all these new relationships, being willing to be a part of this thing that has its own life. But beyond that, willing to learn. I remember coming out of school graduating in accounting. And I went to work for a public accounting firm and they handed me a file and I had no idea what to do with it. I had all the technical knowledge, but I hadn't had the practical knowledge. So just learning. And so that involves a lot of good listening skills, repeating back what you just heard, asking questions when necessary. There's no shame in asking questions, having the confidence to say, "Hmm, did you tell me this? Now, Caitlin is great at training. She will tell somebody, she'll teach them something. And then she'll say, if you get stuck, try three different things before you come and ask me a question. And then you can tell me the three things you've tried so that you're not constantly running to someone with questions. So there's some kind of balance there. Another thing about being a new employee is being willing to try things you're not familiar with. And it's uncomfortable or you can feel uncertain. Because what stands in front of you then is failure, right? If you're told to do something and you're not 100% sure how to do it, a good employee will have the courage to do it as well as they can and then be willing to face the criticism of that wasn't done right or these things aren't adding up or you weren't using the right words. And this is kind of a grown-up maturing kind of thing. Until you get in the workforce like this, You aren't often asked to be accountable for your actions in this new real adult way. And you might be stepping into a role where the boss that you're working with just doesn't tolerate (laughs) failure or will respond unkindly. 
but just understand that you're learning and however they react is their deal, but just be willing to step in there and fail maybe and do it again. Oh, I wrote that report and now I have to write it again because I didn't understand the instructions or I didn't do it completely or whatever. And one thing I'll say, John, and this is not something that I have really experienced a lot, but I've read a lot about this, that often new employees come into the workplace and they want to fix what's wrong. They're quick to point out what's wrong when they don't really understand the whole culture yet or the community or the systems. Maybe in that situation, if you see something wrong, ask questions about why things are done and then just sit with the answers a little bit before you offer suggestions. Okay. That sounds like a lot of really practical advice for people to consider. The first thing that you mentioned that stands out is this idea of fitting in, but being yourself, that there's this line to walk of there is a culture that you're stepping into. There's a history that this place has that you need to learn, as you also just said. And what does it look like for me to fit in and be a part of that? But also remembering that they hired you. Yes. <laughs> they picked oh, you because there's something that you bring to the picture that's unique and useful. And so what is that line that you walk of being uniquely yourself, but also applying that to the culture and the context of the job that you're fitting into. They hired you. That's enormous. And I think the reason this is so worth talking about with new graduates is that until this point, you've been in a culture where people are like you. You're born into a family and you just naturally become like each other. And then you choose roommates or maybe you didn't choose them, but second year you choose them. You choose your friends and you're choosing your church. And so now all of a sudden you're stepping into a place that you didn't choose that. It's a new experience. One other thing that you said that stood out to me because it's something that came up in a recent episode is this idea of failure. And one of the things that we're learning about is that our 20s are the time to fail and to learn how to fail well, because the stakes, they probably still feel really high, but in your 20s, the stakes are much lower than they would be in your 30s, 40s, 50s. So now is the time to test and try to take some of those risks to fail, to dust yourself up, learn from it and keep going again. And if you haven't already heard it, go back to our episode with Paul Tokunaga talking about your 20s. And that's a place where we talk more about what it looks like to fail and to fail well in this season of life. Kathy, another thing that I wanted to talk about, especially as people are kind of getting started here, is that I think it's easy for us to look at our parents and where they are. For many of our parents, they're decades ahead of us into a career. And so they're probably making more. They're a little higher up on the ladder. But most grads aren't going to start with their dream job. And so even if they're in the field or even with the specific company they want to be in, I'm guessing that they're not going to start with their dream job, most of them. So can we talk just a little bit about the benefits of starting at the bottom of a company or an organization? And then how can you climb the ladder well? Yeah, that's a really good question. If you understand this, you're going to be a step ahead. Sometimes God just puts you there. That sometimes happens, but it rarely happens. There's two things, real important things I want to say here. I have a verse that continues to be such a important piece of how I live. And it's in Ephesians and it says, for we are his workmanship. Kind of like you said, John, they're hiring you. You're God's workmanship. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. This is our job on earth to do good works. But here's the beautiful part of this verse, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk with them. So I look out in my future and 
know that God has already prepared good works. They're out there. You just have to step into them. So whatever you're doing, it's a stepping stone into these good works. In fact, that first step might be one of the good works. So whatever you're doing, you can see it as your dream job. You can see it as, oh, this is so great. And I don't even know what I'm learning now. I don't know who I'm going to meet here. I don't know what opportunity will come. I don't know what struggle will come. But I know that all of this is part of God's plan. And as I look back on my career and many things in my life, I can see how it all happened. And several of the really good ones, I didn't plan at all. They just happened because I was following the opportunities in front of me. And the other real important thing I want to say, John, is that one thing I've learned in my journey with depression and in my career is that God doesn't always give me what I want because he wants me to participate with him in this process. It's this participation with God in this journey that he has perfectly laid out. And so it relieves the frustration that there's no need to be frustrated about not earning as much as your parents and not living in the home they have or not having the freedom they have, because you realize whatever's happening right now is perfect. God's laid it out. And I just need to pay attention and walk into that. And I guarantee if you're paying attention, you'll be led more quickly to that dream. And the dream would be where you're doing what you're created to do and you're fulfilled with that and God's pleased with that and others are being blessed by that. Which may end up looking different than the dream or the goal that you had set. I really love the idea of where you are right here and right now is part of this process, is part of this development. I remember telling students that while they were on campus. So many students just chomping at the bit to graduate and to get to their real life. The thing that I'm supposed to do and telling them this is the thing you're supposed to do right now. Whatever square of ground you find yourself standing in in this moment, that's the place that God has you on purpose. And what does it look like to have your eyes open and interact with the world that's around you? And then when it's time to move to the next square, move to the next square. But while you're here, do what you're supposed to do while you're here because you're here on purpose. I don't know if it's along these same lines, but let's say that you step into a job, you're there for a little bit and you start to realize, yeah, I'm getting the vibe that this is not going to be my forever job, whether it's because of this company or this position. Do you have any thoughts for people that step into a job knowing they're not going to be there forever, but how they can still get the most out of that experience? Sure. Continue to be curious and pay real close attention to what you do enjoy about that job and what you don't enjoy about that job and why you don't enjoy that. When I was in public accounting right out of college, I became a CPA, went to work in public accounting, and I hadn't been there a few months. One of the partners came to me and said, Kathy, we were wondering if you would be the trust department. And I said, sure. Now, I didn't know what a trust was, but I was willing, right? And the truth of the matter is no one else wanted to do it because trusts and estates, I mean, it was boring even to CPAs. It was real hard work, but every year we do continue in education. And at the time there was no internet, there was no computers, by the way. So they asked me to give a training on trusts and estates. So I stood in front of the 70 people at our company and I gave a training on trusts and estates and it really was boring to them, but I really enjoyed giving the presentation. Well, guess what? I still 
really enjoy giving presentations. If I would have paid attention, I would have followed that and I would have thought, this is my jam. I love this. I've been recalling that story because I think that was a breadcrumb that God was dropping in front of me. And I didn't really see it because I was so focused on that I was a CPA and I was going to be in public accounting. Back to our listeners, pay attention. Pay attention to what you like. Pay attention to what you don't like. And why is it? Let's say I had been asked to do that presentation and that was the worst experience in my life. It would be good for me to make sure I get into a job that I never have to do that again because that would be too stressful for me. So just pay attention to what's going on. This experience is teaching you something, however it's turning out. I like that. Again, this falls right in line with some of the things that we've heard about. One of the purposes of our 20s is to experience and take notes. We broaden our horizons. We experience lots of different things. And then that's where we start to hone in on. These are the things that I'm really good at. These are the things that I really like. And these are the things that I'm bad at. And starting to determine what things line up for potential career and calling trajectories. And what are things that are just hobbies? And what are things that are just better for me to stay away from? And that even in a job that we know, this is not my forever job. This is for now. That it can do more than just pay the bills for you. That you don't know what relationships you might develop, what skills you might develop. And you might find some things that you really love down the road, is there a place where I can do more of this? Because I really like this. So then whether you're in a job that you're going to be in short term or a long term, now is the time to start practicing. What advice do you have for new grads as far as developing healthy work and outside of work balance? Well, first of all, I didn't always do this well. We were just happy to get a job and we would just do whatever it took to climb the ladder. There was no work-life balance concept when I started in my career. So I just worked frantically hard. But what I would say is being intentional and being proactive, because this is your life. It's not your parents' life. It's not your siblings' life. It's not your spouse's life. It's your life. And so it's up to you to create that balance. Now, if you have a spouse, you're working out that balance together. Nobody else can make your choices for you, but you can make those choices to create that balance. And I would say another real key fact here is having a boundary around your work and your personal life. At your job, the company has a job to do. They're creating a product or giving a service. They're not there to make sure you're happy. They're there to do a job. Now, if you can be happy doing that, that's good too. But having that separation in your mind, this is my personal life and I'm going to protect that. And this is my work life and I'm going to protect that too. Another thing I'll say about that is just managing your time. Often we blame it on somebody else managing our time, but it really is our choice. You know, people will say, well, I had to work all that overtime because I would have lost my job. Well, then your job owns you. That's not a good place to be. You get to decide, am I going to have this conversation, which is uncomfortable? And I will just say as an employer, those conversations are golden because we don't know. I do not know what's going inside of the minds of each. I don't know what's going on in their life. I don't know what stresses they have. And if I don't know, I can't respond to it. I can't help. And we can't come to some kind of balance if I don't know. So there is a space for that open dialogue with your employer. Kathy, you talk about being a depression survivor and somebody that has had this lifetime of experience of developing work-life balance. 
do you have any advice for people that are maybe in the same place of like, I know that depression is a reality of my life or anxiety is a reality of my life. How can you step into work in a way that not only isn't a detriment, but maybe in a way that benefits you? Yeah, we were created to work. This is a good thing. Our culture may not always say that, but I love working, especially when I feel meaning to it. Having mentioned that, I just, you know, came out of college and you hit the ground running and you just work as hard as you can. And I think I went to the extreme of never paying attention to what this was doing to me. I don't know if this is exactly true with the recent graduates, but we often pride ourselves on not getting a lot of sleep. Like if I don't get a lot of sleep because I'm working real hard, that means I'm pretty cool and I'm going to get ahead in front of everybody else. And our bodies just don't do that. Our bodies really need to be cared for. We, we need to nourish ourselves. We need to get enough rest and we need to move. And I love that I can tell this audience, you were created that way. You know, the God of the universe created you this way. You can't shortcut how God designed you. So it's really important as you get into this new group, as you get into maybe a 40 hour week, or you get into night shifts or whatever your new career is, that you really start paying attention. This is different from college. I don't have maybe the flexibility. Now I have to cook my own food, but it's real, real important to nourish your body, give it rest and move it just like you're created. So that's a huge thing. The second thing is your mind. You're in a new space where you don't know all these people well, and you've got to be there eight long hours at a stretch. That can really be a change. Being okay with, oh gosh, I need to get up every 20 minutes and take a walk around the office because I'm going a little stir crazy. Just paying attention again to what your mind needs in relationships, in resilience, in being proactive, what you're seeing with the future, how you're handling failure. And again, this is such a huge transition time. You don't learn this in a year. This is going to take a while to work yeah. this out. And the third piece is just your spirit, your passion, your drive, what you just were created to do. And you know you were created to do. This is very critical to acknowledge that. And again, I just came out of that generation of we weren't even supposed to pay attention to that. We were just supposed to start working and work hard. But this is where the balance comes from, because then you have balance in your life when your body's healthy and your mind is healthy and your spirit is healthy. Then you can naturally have that work-life balance because you, you are balanced within yourself. That's where it always starts. Wow. I love these things. The focus of this episode is mostly people that are coming out of college here. I'm in my mid-30s thinking like, oh, there's some stuff for me to work on here that would be really beneficial. So I want to pull us into a very specific situation here. This is moving us to next line of questioning. At some point, we all have questions about whether or not we're getting paid enough. How do you approach an employer well and say, maybe not in these exact words, but to say, I would like to make more money or I'd like to see an increase in these benefits. Do you have advice for people to do that well? Sure. Let me step back and say a couple of things first. Employers are making decisions every day on behalf of the company, this entity that is existing that employs all kinds of people. The employer is trying to make sure the company thrives and does well, to make sure this whole organization is protected. All of the employees continue to have jobs, just to kind of get that as the mindset. And bosses want people to feel satisfied with their pay. And if they're not feeling satisfied with their pay, the boss would rather hear about it than just have them leave and say, I wasn't getting paid enough. 
Now, here's the thing. Bosses are people too. So if the first conversation you ever have with your boss is, I need more money, then you're like, well, wait a minute. It's helpful to be in relationship first. A boss-employee kind of relationship. You don't need to be vacationing together, but just (laughs) understand that this is maybe a skill that needs to be developed. We have grown accustomed to our devices and communicating with each other that way. And that's all fine and good. I'm not like going to be a curmudgeon and say we shouldn't have phones. But here's the thing. We are people and we like to see people face to face and we love to talk to one another and ask questions and feel cared for. So that just is just a piece of all of this. So if you feel that you're being underpaid, you need to be honest about that and enter into a conversation about this versus a demand. And so you're going to both listen and you're going to speak and you're going to assert yourself and then you're going to listen. But really key is there has to be a reason. I did have someone ask or raise once because he had so many bills. That's nothing I can control. That has nothing to do with our company. And I'm so sorry that he had too many bills. But again, that isn't part of the company. So if you are asking for a raise, there's a reason. I've looked at other people in this community that are getting paid the same amount, or I've done these other things. I can see they've added this value. Have some real concrete reasons why you believe that you deserve a raise. Now, typically there's at least an annual review where that's the time to bring this all up, but it doesn't have to be at that time. And then you could negotiate with your employer what that will be. And so you want this relationship to work, but it has to work from both sides. So I had a conversation with a supervisor once where I was talking about this exact thing. And sadly, my approach was very similar to the employee that you brought up. I said, because of these different things going on in my life, I just feel like I need to make more money. And he said, I'm happy to have this conversation with you when you can share with me reasoning for getting a raise that is not based in anxiety. (laughs) And I walked away from that being like, okay, but I'm telling you the real life reasons. And this is so helpful for me to hear because now I'm understanding that what he's telling me is, you know, as a human being, I understand that, but the company can't justify this based on what you're saying. But if the work that you're doing justifies an increase in pay, make a case for why the work that you're doing is worth more than what you're getting paid right now. And we can have a conversation about that. But then what you offered up before that was, and before you approach that conversation, there needs to be some level of relationship and trust that happens. So you've got this relational component, but then it moves into making an appropriate case based on deeds done and the outcome for the company of the work that you're doing. Yeah, there's got to be a case for it. Kathy, is there anything we haven't covered yet that you would like to offer up for some new grads here? One thing I can offer from the point of owning your own business. Many people want to own their own business. Owning your own business, you can't really prepare for it. You're just going to have to dive into the deep end. And there are so many things to learn. So you need to be the person that loves to learn new things, loves to investigate new things, is willing to pivot quickly, is willing to invest dollars when it's not comfortable, is willing to do what other people aren't willing to do. You must be a problem solver. You must solve the problem that's in front of you right now. 
The other thing you need as a, your own business owner is to be resilient. And I continue to be amazed at people that I see running their own businesses and how they are pushing through hardship and they will not give up on their idea. And I just really am humbled by that. But there's a certain amount of resilience. The last thing, just being willing to accept your own failure. When we started this, we decided that the worst thing would be if we never tried. If we tried and failed, that would be better than never having tried. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a great conversation. I've learned a lot from you and I'm excited for our alumni to get to hear some of these stories and to learn from them as they step into the workforce. I think that there's some really beneficial things for them to take away here and to hopefully have a leg up as they step into this pursuit of what their career and calling looks like long-term. So thank you so much for being willing to offer up your time and your experience for us today. Thanks, John. I appreciate you asking me to be here today. Well, there you go. All the wisdom you need for becoming employee of the month, 13 out of the next 12 months. Corporate might even give you two plaques in lieu of a pay raise. Seriously, though, this is some phenomenal advice. It likely requires some nuancing for your context, but this is great preparation for thriving in your new work arena. Learn how to be yourself and fit into the culture that's been developed. Be teachable. Be willing to jump in and try, even if you fail a few times. Own up to your mistakes and keep learning. Even if you aren't in your dream job, God is still at work in this space and is teaching you skills that will come in handy later on and just might serve you well as you narrow in on your career and calling. And from an early stage, please, please, please take the time to establish healthy work-life rhythms. Your future self and family and friends will thank you for doing it. Alumni, I hope you find encouragement here as you step into or continue on in the long season of work that our adult life brings with it. I pray that you find joy in your work and meaning in the calling that God has placed on your life. Thank you, Kathy, for joining us today and for helping make that possible. Well, we're down to our last couple episodes for this series. After that, we'll be taking a few weeks off to prep for our next round of episodes. For next week, though, we'll kick off part one of a two-part episode about managing finances and making wise investment decisions. Our alumni guest, Michael, is a wealth management expert and has a lot of helpful info for us. You don't want to miss it, so make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast platform, turn on notifications, and share with your friends. And hey, don't forget to put those Urbana discount codes to good use. You can find them in the show notes. Looking forward to seeing you next week, friends. Until then, see you in the after, alumni.